to die That he might give Eternal life That I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment. But first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. Look at page two. Top of the page here, there is to be a proper motivation for obedience. Why should I serve God? And if I can have the proper understanding that I want God's blessings upon my life. Now, I've been blessed with eternal security, blessed with eternal life. I'm blessed because I'm a child of God. And as a child of God, then I inherit what my father has. So there's an inheritance there. So, like, for example, Hagar in the Old Testament, Abraham had gotten her as a handmaid for his wife, and uh, she came out of Egypt, but she was a bond slave. And so her child was a slave. But Sarah, well, she wasn't a slave. She was a free woman, so she had a son. And, well, God says he gets the inheritance. And that was Isaac. So because of Abraham and these two women had two children, but one could not inherit anything. That's the type of the flesh made of the law, bondage. But when you trust Christ as Savior, that's type of uh, a child, which is a by-faith child because he was born to parents that were really old. They were old when he was 75, and then, lo and behold, he was born when he was 100 years old. And Sarah was 90 years old. How would you like to have a child when you're 90 years old? I don't answer that. Can you imagine raising a kid at that age? Like this year, one couple, they had a neighbor come over to see him. And says, uh, we, we heard that you uh, adopted a little baby. Yeah, he says, I, I, we're, we're really old. We wanted to do it when we were younger, but it just didn't work out. So now that we've gotten up in age and there's nothing for us to do, so we, we finally you know, got us a little, little child. And says, well, can we see the little child? Says, uh, yeah, in, in a little bit. So they sit and they talk for a while and drink some coffee and says, well, can we see the baby now? Uh, yeah, just as soon as we can remember where we put him. So anyway, now some of y'all appreciate good stuff. And then there's others that say, what happened? What, what happened? What happened? All right, look at letter C. Letter C, this new covenant puts the law within their minds, which is referring to the Holy Spirit. Paul referred to the same effect in Romans in chapter 7. With the mind, I myself serve the law of God. The way you think and the motivation for what you do. But the proper motivation for us is to serve the Lord because we love the Lord. You see, because there's some people think that you've got to serve God to, to make it to heaven or he'll take it away from you. 
No, that means you'll serve God because of fear of him kicking you out and you'll still go to hell in the future. But since I know that I can't go to hell, I am in love with the Lord for loving me so much that I want to serve the Lord and I want to please the Lord. Is there anything wrong with me wanting to serve the Lord? What if I do it because I want to? That's why I've told people, I said, you know, you can trust Christ as your Savior and live as you please. <laughs> I said, but what if I want to please the Lord? What if I want to go to church because I want to please the Lord? What if I give because I want to please the Lord? What if I go to church because I want to give? What if I go to church because I want to? No. What if I witness because I want? Is there anything wrong in serving God because you love him? Because you want to? Not because I have to. Which one do you think works better? To do it because you love him because you have to. Well, this is what he's talking about. The Holy Spirit living within you can create. That's why the Bible says in the book of Romans, in chapter 5, he talks about uh, the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. And so that means there's love there. And if you'll learn to study the Word of God and grow and you fall in love with the Lord, you want to do more and more you can for the Lord. Look down at letter E. Letter E, the inheritance. The inheritance is the fulfilled promise of the Abrahamic covenant. There's a human perspective, and there is a divine or biblical perspective of inheritance. Number one, a human perspective of inheritance. An inheritance gives full rights and benefits to the inheritor. An inheritance can transfer the position and authority. An inheritance can give full ownership. In other words, if I had a T-model... That, that goes back a few years. But if I had an old team model and I died, I could leave that to my grandson. Now, one of them would just go ape over it. Michael, he'd love that. But see, he becomes the new owner of what I had. So I can leave this one this, and I can leave this one this. Now, some of y'all may have millions of dollars, and whenever you die, you're going to leave it all to me. <laughs> no. You're going to leave it to somebody you know and love and think, well, uh, we, you know, appreciate it. And so that's, that's good. But you can have an inheritance. Well, God says these that are born of faith become his children. And his children becomes heirs of God. Except here in this life, I don't get to get my inheritance or all of it. The Holy Spirit is part of this inheritance that I've got. He's like the down payment. I'm, I'm going to get the rest of it later. So when I get to heaven, I don't know what all I've got. But see, one of the things about this inheritance is that we have been given the right as his children to have rewards that are the results of our labor. But it's a right that God has given to all of his children that we can inherit the right to serve the Lord and get rewarded for it. So there's promises that God has made that I think is going to be excellent for us. And we'll love it. You can read some of these things later. But look at number two. The biblical perspective of inheritance. The rich young ruler asked for it. What must I do to inherit the kingdom of God? Or inherit eternal life? Because he asked that question. Matthew chapter 19. He wanted to know, what am I going to do? And he says, good master. And so Jesus says, why callest thou me good? There's none good but one, and that's God. So either if I am the good master, then I must be God, or I'm not good. See, either way. But he used it as opportunity. He says, uh, if thou will have 
eternal life, then all you've got to do is be perfect. Keep the law. Because he asked, what must I do? Well, just be perfect. And he mentioned us things of the law. He said, well, I've done all of those from my youth up. What lack I yet? He says, take everything that you've got and sell it. And he, that's when he used the law, thou shalt not covet. See, he didn't mention that one before. Thou shalt not covet. So what was he coveting? The riches of this world, the pleasures of this world, the things of this world. And so um, he walked away sorrowful. So his disciples says, this is true. You've got to be perfect. Who then can be saved? He says, with God, all things are possible. With the Lord, all things are possible. In other words, the Lord can do what man can't do. Man can't be perfect, but God can make him perfect by declaring him righteous, by saying his debt's been paid for. It's just like you can go to court and you've got a thousand dollar, you know, fined against you for something. And the judge says, case dismissed, and he can forgive you of a debt. But the thing is, when you come to the Lord, there's this thing about God giving to us this free gift of eternal life and boom, declares us righteous. So we're made righteous in the eyes of God. Look at letter C here. Letter C. And It is all that the believer will have in eternity as a result of salvation. Rewards, inheritance creates the capacity for rewards, not the reward itself. In other words, I have the opportunity because I am a child of God, born into God's family. I have the opportunity to have even more. So it is my privilege to work and serve God And get rewards on top of it. That's a right that I have as a child of God. And God has given this right to every one of his children. That's part of your inheritance. And then he says this in letter E. Don't lose your reward. Second John chapter verse 8. You have inherited the right to earn reward. And don't let anybody take away that right. By getting you to utilize your time to getting treasures in this world that you're going to have to lose. And rewards, once they're earned, you cannot lose. So in Matthew chapter 6, he says, lay up treasure in heaven where thieves and so forth, they cannot break through. They can't steal it. In other words, it's secure. He says, and don't lay up treasures upon the earth because you can lose it. So our whole time after we trust Christ as our Savior is to be laying up treasure in heaven. So the way we do that is by sending it on ahead. So God is going to reward you in heaven for what you did for him on planet earth. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. So that is a right that you have. And every person I lead to Christ, every person you lead to Christ, they have a right to serve the Lord. And they have a right to be rewarded. And God says that's part of our inheritance. But anyway, we'll move right along here. Look down at number three at the bottom of the page. Verse 18. This inheritance is not available through the law. If it's by the law, then it is no more of the promise. But God says that's part of the inheritance that God promised to Abraham. It was a gift given to Abraham even if he didn't do works for it. Look at the next page. In chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 and 18, and verse 19 is talking about In the Old Testament, God told Abraham 
through his line, there's going to come a seed, which is going to be Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is going to be a seed that's going to die and come back to life and is going to be able to sow good seed throughout the world and people that will believe on him will have a new birth, be born into God's family. And this is the seed by which the nations of the world are going to be blessed. To be blessed by God is the free gift of eternal life. To be justified by faith alone. And that's why it is so important for that to be done. So up there you'll see letter B. It's a little small letter B. Attributes of a seed. Seed is something that grows or produces life. A seed is unique into its it's kind. Everything in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth, everything reproduced after its own kind. God put within it the seed of reproducing itself. Isn't that amazing? What if God had not designed anything with the seed to produce something else? Because when it dies, it's, it's gone. And that's why it's so important for us to remember, God says everything after its own kind, and that's the way it has always been. That's why evolution cannot be true, because God has produced a seed that can be produced by a seed. A seed can produce a fruit that can have more seeds, and we're blessed because of that. A seed contains within itself all the information it needs to reach its maximum potential. A seed contains within itself the ability to create other seeds. Isn't that awesome? Now, when you get to the New Testament, and in the book of uh, Matthew in chapter 7, he talks about there's a good tree, bad tree. And a good tree has good fruit, and a bad tree has bad fruit. And he says that a good tree cannot bring forth bad fruit, and that a bad tree cannot bring forth good fruit. In other words, it's not so much as... What kind of fruit is it? Is What kind of root is it? If it has a bad root, it's going to have bad fruit. And so he says that um, you're going to take an axe and cut down every bad tree that could not produce the fruits of righteousness. Well, if that's true, the tree represents mankind. That's us. So every person that cannot bring forth the fruits of righteousness unto the Lord, God's going to take and cut you down. That means that they're all going to die. So that's just another illustration of God saying, all have sinned and all are going to die. But Jesus Christ, as he says in the book of Isaiah 53, he shall grow before him as a tender plant. It means here's a, a new beginning of a tree that's going to show up and he's going to grow up to be a tree And he is a good tree because he comes from a good root, a good seed. And he's never did anything wrong. So he's the only tree that never needed to be cut down. And what happened to him? That tree was Jesus Christ. And he was cut down. He voluntarily allowed himself. The only tree that had a right to live was cut down to produce a lot of little seeds And so as we go into all the world and we spread this gospel that came because of Jesus Christ, death, burial, and resurrection, we spread that seed, that message, that gospel, and whosoever would believe 
will become another little tree just like Jesus Christ was. And so that's the new birth that we have. And so that is what we're talking about here. Look there at number two. Number two, the seed and the promise. This promise was not made to the seeds. This seed was Christ, and the promise was the righteousness of God by faith. Eternal life through that seed. Through Jesus Christ, we can have eternal life and go to heaven whenever we die. Not because of any good things that we've done, but because of what Christ did for us. Now look at our letter A under number two there. The promise regarding Abraham's seed. One of the seeds would be the Messiah. No, that's Christ. He come to be a blessing to all the earth. Number two, that his physical seed would inherit the land, be in bondage for 400 years, be blessed with all that God made available to Abraham. His spiritual seed would number more than the stars of heaven. So we have the seed, which is the Messiah who's going to come. See, this is what God had promised to Abraham. And so there's the seed, singular, which is Christ. And then there is the physical seed, which we consider the nation of Israel. And then the spiritual seed, that's those who believed in Jesus Christ, the Messiah, which is another word for Christ. It is the exact same word referring to the one that would become the payment for the sins of the world. Now, look down at number three, 22 through 25, the faith. By faith of Jesus Christ is not referring to his faithfulness, but the source of faith is regard to the promise. Read as by the faith of Jesus Christ means as the object of our faith. The object of our faith is Jesus Christ. And so when we believe in Jesus Christ, God gives to us eternal life. So that is the object of our faith. It's not how much faith do I have. How much faith does it require? It's just to believe that what Christ did, he did it for me. He paid for my sin. It has confidence and faith in what he said. If I would believe it, I'd have eternal life. So he that believeth on me hath, present tense, right now hath what? Everlasting life. Now, turn your notes over to the back page. And you'll notice that number, th- little uh, Roman numeral three there, Moses was a physical deliverer because he went down into Egypt and he got them to apply the blood to the doorpost and the lintel and led them out across the Red Sea, into the wilderness. So he was a deliverer. But he says, I will raise up another prophet like unto me. And Jesus is a spiritual deliverer. As the people were in bondage down in Egypt, all people of the earth are in bondage to sin. We are all in bondage to this sinful nature we have. And there's no way that we can get free from the way that we are. We can't change our nature. We are sinners. We are egotistical. We've got a bad case of me first itis. We all want our own way. All we like sheep have gone astray. <laughs> and we've turned everyone to his own way. It means everybody likes to do their own thing. Don't like nobody telling us what we can and cannot do. And we can't change that. It's like asking a dog. Dog, you stopped acting like a dog and I'll make you a chicken. How long have we got to wait till that dog stopped acting like a dog? It's a dog. All right, dog, don't you wag your tail and don't bark. Uh-huh. How are we doing? It's the same thing. You can't tell people, stop sinning. Why won't that work? Because you're born with a sinful nature. It is your nature to sin. 
Why do people sin? Because it's fun or people wouldn't do it. But there's consequences that we always live to regret. So when you come to the gospel of Jesus Christ, you see, Jesus Christ can set us free from the sinful nature. We're not totally free from that old sinful nature now. But look up here just for a minute. This is my flesh birth. It is under the law. So the law condemns. I'm under a curse. So I need somebody who can deliver me from the curse of the law. Because the law condemns every person that doesn't keep it perfectly. So that's why we're cursed. Now, God wants us to be under grace. So whenever I see that I cannot save myself by my works, that I cannot free myself from the law, I can't free myself from this old sinful nature, I can't free myself from death, I can't stop it from happening, I can try to prolong it a little bit, maybe as much as I can, as long as I can, just long enough to bury the, all of y'all and then I'll be ready to go. And so this is the flesh, it's under the curse of the law. When I trust Christ as my Savior, I get a new birth. So this one here is not under the law. This is one that's under God, under grace. And God is my Father, and He, my Father, this is my new birth. God never touched this one, didn't change this one. This one here is as bad as it's always been, like I told you before. Let me tell you one more time. He got up this morning, he looked in the mirror, and he was ugly. You come to church, you heard the gospel, you trusted Christ as your Savior. Spiritual birth. You go back home and you look in the mirror. You can't see this one because it's a spiritual birth. All you can see is this one, and he's still ugly. Because God didn't change this one. He only gave you a new one. And this one can't sin. Because it was born without a sinful nature. Because it came from God. Can't sin, it can't die. And that's why that is so important. So now that we have been under the law redeemed from the curse of the law. Don't go back under the law. Don't go back. That's bondage. Now God wants us to serve him because he loves us. Wants us to serve him because we love him. And the whole law is fulfilled in one word, love. Because see, if I love my neighbor, then I don't want to steal from my neighbor. I don't want to covet anything my neighbor has. I don't need to lie to my neighbor. You see, if, if I love the Lord, like the first of the commandments of the law is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, body, soul, and strength. Well, if I could just learn to love the Lord and love each other. Remember the Ten Commandments, uh, there's four to God and six to man. And so that's why it says the greatest of the law is love the Lord. And second, like unto it, love thy neighbor as thyself. So... God wants us as his children to serve him because we've been set free. This one won't die, so it set me free from death. This one was born without a sinful nature, so that set me free from having this old sinful nature. Never have to worry about it. See, this one sets you free. This one does not set you free from anything. So as a child of God, I can either walk in the spirit or walk in the flesh. Walk in the flesh I put myself back under the law. I'm back into bondage, and I'm going to have some consequences. So the law 
was to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by our faith in Christ. Look there in the book of Galatians in chapter 3. And look down there in verse 24. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to do what? Bring us unto Christ. The law was not given to save us. It wasn't given to us to have an example on how we're supposed to live. No, this was the law. To bring us unto Christ that we might be what? justified, because the law couldn't justify you. That's mentioned over in verse 11, same chapter. That we might be justified by faith. But, in verse 25, after that faith is come and you put your faith in Christ, you're no longer under the law. Why? Because the new birth is not under the law. Only the old birth, the old man, is under the law. And so, therefore, don't put yourself back under the law. And that's why he says in verse 26, For we're all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. So Jews or Gentiles, we're all God's children because we put our faith in what Christ did for us. And in verse 27, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have been have put on Christ. Now the only baptism that can put you in Christ is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Water baptism is a picture of it, but nobody can see the spirit baptism. That's because you, when you trusted Christ as your Savior, the Bible says Jesus Christ will baptize you with the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. So whenever you look at the cross, I see me on that cross. I see me with all my sins. And I see me dying for my sins. And I see me being buried. And I see me coming back from the dead. So the law can never touch me. Why? Because I'm a dead man. The law can't touch a dead man. Maybe they can find a way to tax you. But once you trusted Christ as Savior, now. I didn't really do that. But somebody did it in my place. Jesus Christ did this in my place. So what he did was put to my account. So whenever he says put on Christ, it's like I take Christ and I, I'm on the inside. I've been baptized, placed in him. So when God looks for me, I am hid. My life is hid in Christ. So God sees me as righteous as his son. Now is that good enough to go to heaven on? If I'm as perfect as his son. Then that's good enough. I got it made. Why? Because I'm in Christ. I didn't write all of this. But it's there in black and white. And people just have a hard time. Believing that God meant what he said. So in verse 29. And if you be Christ. Then are you Abraham's seed. And heirs according to the promise. And we'll get into that. In the next lecture. All righty, look up here. This hand represents you and me. The wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. God, he loves us. Always remember that God loves you. Now, he don't like what you do wrong, but he loves you. But to pay for sin is eternal separation from God in hell. But God loves us and wants us to go to heaven. They go to heaven, we got to be perfect. No sin. Because heaven is perfect and so is God. So God says, you're in debt and you got to pay your debt. You see, we've sinned against God. And there's a place called hell that's waiting on us. So this hand represents Jesus Christ. He is the result of, this is God's love. He see, he loves us. Jesus Christ, him coming into this world, had no sin, didn't have to die, but he loved us. So he took our sins, which separated us from him, and paid them on the cross. 
He died and paid for my sins and yours and everybody else's. Came back from the dead and says, the only thing you have to do is believe that I did that for you. So when you believe he did it for you, he puts the payment to your account, you go to heaven on what Christ did for you. And that's the best news I ever heard in my whole life. I've only been telling it just about every time I speak, go for about 59 years, almost. Let's pray, shall we? Father, we do thank you for your blessings. Thank you for this time together. Bless each one for being here. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Telling someone how to go to heaven is the greatest thing we can do in this life. To prepare you, Pastor Yankee Arnold is offering you his book, Gospel Driven Man, absolutely free. Gospel Driven Man explains in simple steps how to successfully share the gospel. To get your free copy of Gospel Driven Man, write to Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Or email Yankee Arnold at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed. Caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.